Hey, PJ, how are you? I am good. Thanks for playing a clip where I wasn't. I was doubting a guy who's been all worldly um, <laughs> in the playoffs. So thank you. That thank was you Jason Rossi. Much. That was Jason Rossi, our producer. So if you want to send anything Thanks, that Jason. way, yeah. so that was you talking about Tukarask. Yeah. Do, do you feel differently about him now? Oh yeah, I think this is the. You know what? I, I don't know if I can use this term, but the calmest I've ever seen him look in the net, and I'm not a. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in Montreal a lot, so I have the opportunity to watch Kerry Price goal. And, uh, you know, Kerry doesn't have the most success come NHL success, uh, but he does do things as a goal. You've seen him on the world stage, obviously, Olympics and other. And he has this calming feeling about him, like the players around him when you're watching him. That when Kerry's on, it's just like he's so smooth. It, it's like almost effortless. And there's been times in Tuka Rask's career where he looks a little bit more like Jonathan Quick, which is a little bit more, you know, gets the job done, but sporadic, and it's kind of, you know, jumping here to there, and then, you know, it kind of puts you sometimes in a bad position and it sometimes catches you. It also works for you. It just doesn't look as convincing as the Carey Price way. And I think right now you almost have the best of both, wor- best of both worlds with Tuka, He's been able to still have that fast motion and still find a way to look calm and cool, uh, calm and cool through the first, I don't know, month and a half of this hour into, into last night. He looks spectacular. Do you think the St. Louis Blues were running him last night? No, I mean, they're doing what the Bruins are doing to everyone else. It's you No, know, I, I think you know, the Bruins have this offensive swagger that – you saw from game one, period two and three, which they've had throughout the year. The, the Blues don't have that. They have more of a physical confidence. And the way they play is for them to be successful is 200 feet being physical all over it. Uh, and they have to play that way. Almost like the Bruins have to play that way a little bit as well, but they can play with speed. They can play with skill. St. Louis more or less plays kind of a one-way. They play a, a great team way, but they can't cut any corners physically. And, and physically also means if it's in the blue paint, it's in the blue paint. And the best guy right now in the playoffs for Boston has been Tuca. So you can't change what you've done to be successful, St. Louis, um, that has got you here. It's not run him over, but just get in his way and make it harder on him. PJ, they the ran him over second. twice last night. Uh, listen, I- I'm a Boston fan, too. It's, one was driving the net, and the guys that are, are running them over aren't – the intent isn't – I can't really say the intent stuff. Not there, but was it Schwartz that ran him over on one? Driving the net um, when I forget who went wide. Uh, who went wide? And it was just, someone went wide, and Schwartz was driving the net. Yeah, it's so fast. It's, it is they're, – they're, they're getting to him. If you have to take a penalty on Tuka Rask to benefit your team, listen, I'm not saying from one side or another side. I'm just saying I'm not a fan of – I'm just saying talking hockey. Tuka's the best player on the Bruins right now. You have to get him off his game. They're bumping in on him. Yeah, they're taking a penalty, but, again, everything you do in game one, two, three, four is an investment for game five, six, seven. And that's what happened in that St. Louis-San Jose series, and they're trying the same recipe against the Bruins. I didn't think it would work. Um, it worked last night. If the Bruins let St. Louis 
play their physical game, it's going to be a really, really close, tough series. Bruins are a big, strong team, too, and they can skate, and they can move the puck, but last night they fell into St. Louis's game. What did you think of the Sunquist hit on Grizzlick? Do you think that was a dirty hit, and do you think that's worthy of a suspension or no? I went, That was a five-minute no question. Like, that was... And I think that ended up kind of costing a little bit the Bruins the game. They have obviously the best power play right now. It hasn't been great in the series. I think they're being way too cute. And I don't know if the time off uh, has affected that. But the power play has to get a little bit more greedy, a little bit more selfish. But anyways, that was a point in the game where it was a two-minute, a long delay where one of your good teammates is down. Uh, It's hard to kind of get going on that power play right after you see that. And they just didn't have it. That was a five like, I can't believe it wasn't a five. There's, if you, again, this is radio, so for people watching, you never really see Grizzlick's uh, shoulder. There's real no option for him. Uh, Sarquist is chasing down the puck. And, and I hate that every defenseman of today's generation, they do play their back. Like, you can't hit me, you can't hit me. And last time, unfortunately, Grizzlick, Grizzlick got hurt and got hit. But there was real no opportunity for Sarquist to square up and hit was like in the shoulder. He can only hit him in the back on that play. And not only did he hit him in the back, but he went from where he should have hit him in the right shoulder to going all the way across his body and hitting him on not only the left shoulder, but the head. And there was an injury on the play. And it was a, I can't believe it wasn't a five. I can't believe it wasn't a five, especially with that. We just had, um, we just had our, all the big wigs having a conversation prior to the uh, prior to the Santa final and talking about safety and all the refereeing and how it has to get better. I have a feeling the referees got together and say, wow, man, that's ugly. That probably should be a five, but if it's a five, it could be the series. Are we making the, what's the right call here? It's definitely a penalty. Um, is, it a, is it like, I cannot believe he's down on the ground. It's a shot to the head. It's a shot from behind. Um, I know they kind of put themselves in an awkward position, but you still can't hit him. You can't hit him. And he did, and I, that's another one. It's been, a, it's been a tough two months. It's such a fast game. I don't want to say anything about those individual refs, but as a group, uh, it's been a tough two months of refereeing. He'll get suspended, won't he? Listen, I thought it was a five. And, and to, their, to, to argue the referee's point, it's so fast, man. they got to let these guys... Use replay. Like I will, basketball goes on, they walk over two seconds. Rugby, they put to make the quick square. I got to talk for ten seconds. Baseball's ten seconds. You know, we spend five minutes on looking at an offside call, judging a goal, but on the blatant obvious ones, like puck goes into the net or over the butt, whatever. This should they should have had the opportunity to discuss whether or not it's a major because a major is the player suspended. He's out of the game, uh, and it's not, and it totally has the influences the outcome of the game. I don't know if he'll be suspended. I think he should be suspended. If they had given him the five yesterday, I think I would have been okay with the five. Um, but I, there's a penalty that has to be kind of served. And unfortunately, it's on a missed call. So, again, I, it's a tough one. I, you know, I heard Brian Burke talk this year. Brian Burke used to be in the position of, of you know, giving up the penalties. And Brian was talking about how the value of a, of a game suspension during the regular season is worth X. 
you know, in the second round, it's worth Y. In the finals, it's, it's worth Z. You know, like, mm. one game in the first round is worth two. One in the second round is worth, like, three. One in the finals is, like, eight. So how much – during the regular season, that's not even a question he's suspended. Um, in the finals, game, going into game three, I don't know. That's a tough one. I, I think he – I think that's a play. I don't care if it's during the regular season or during the playoffs. It's a dirty play. It's an illegal hit to the head. It's a hit from behind. It's a suspendable offense. It's what you want out of the game. That could have really injured a player, not only short-term, but long-term. That's what you want out of the game. What do you think's going on with Marshawn? He had the empty netter in game one, but these two games, he really hasn't looked himself. No, he hasn't. And uh, I think Daniel Chara went over last night. I wasn't in the building. I'm in Montreal, but watching and have a little talking with him. He just hasn't been himself. And, he doesn't, you know, I'm going up and down the Bruins lineup and thinking game one, you know, who played really well and, well, guys can come back and be better in game two. You're expecting the big line to be the big line. Uh, well, of course, Pasternak, Marchand, Bergeron. I, you know, I love Bergeron for so many reasons. And Pasternak has a skill set. Marchand can do a lot of things on his own. And some, what makes him great is he can get under your skin, he can play defensively, he can play offensively. He has a slight, like he, he has so many reasons why you love him. And if you play against him, so many reasons why you hate him. He's not giving St. Louis a reason to hate him for his offensive skill set, to get under anyone's skin, for his speed, for his. He's just. It's two games. Um, he has not been great. He's had his moments. Uh, and he's a guy that. Again, yesterday, I had pretty much a two-on-one, you know, cuts up shorthanded and tries to make a pass to Bergeron. He's got to get selfish. He has an unbelievable release. Uh, that line needs to get going as that line goes, kind of the Bruins do. And that line is just not going right now. And, you know, part of the reason I think Brad has another level to get to. And he's going to play in St. Louis where that building is going to be rocking. And that, you know, the Bruins have a better first line than St. Louis's first line. Right now, it's tilted the other way. Let's ask you a final question here because it's, uh, it's kind of a hot-button topic in these parts. What's your assessment of Zdeno Chara and his game right now? Well, it's, Big Z looks a little slower. You know, he, um, he just played preseason, 82 games, and he's going for two months right now. Uh, he's, he's not 25 years old anymore and it's a grind. It's a long grind. And if I'm playing against him, you know that he can be big and physical, intimidating, but you also know at his age and how much ice time he's lost, he can slow down the tag and you have to continually, continually bump him, not try and crush him, just make it harder for him to get up the ice. And I think that's been going on all playoffs. And I think it's starting to catch up. Like last night on the, the Tarasenko goal, I think uh, Taras, you know, Brad makes a bad read on that play and Tarasenko kind of goes by him. And Zidane's in a good place. There's a good, good save. Uh, and Zidane has a stick there. But he just doesn't have that second energy blast or that big physical, intimidating push uh, that he has, at, you know, at most times. And again, it's a long year, and it's, it's wearing and tearing. He's still the Dana Chow. He's still an unbelievable player. He's just not as 
energetic and as fast as he was 10 years ago. But you guys aren't winning without him in your lineup, I don't think. You see, there's so many great things on the penalty kill, so many ways of shutting down plays. Uh, it's just uh, around him has to be a little bit better and help him out as well. PJ, we always appreciate the time, pal. Thank you. Thanks, guys. We'll get some wins in St. Louis. All right, pal. We'll see you. Thanks, PJ.